Welcome back to Cash Grab Cinema. It's 12 at night. What am I doing with my life? <laughs> Anyways, welcome back to Cash Grab Cinema. What's up? This is a re-upload. We are doing Southern Fried Zombies, actually yes. known as Kudzu Zombies. Yeah. It's got two names. One of our most energetic episodes, for sure. But this re-release of Kudzu Zombies is an honor and a bias more time of a month of zombie movies that's right friends we're gonna be watching nothing but zombies if it ain't dead you won't be hearing about it from us i mean how else do you celebrate a pandemic than watch you know zombies zombie movies (laughs) enjoy it everybody get all this beard scratching out of the way can you hear that well yeah you're doing it this isn't an asmr pod a what asmr you don't know about asmr (laughs) trey you know those those people that whisper and like they do the the things with the soft sounds yeah asmr what does that stand for please oh great question uh, but it would be something like... Music yeah. room. We don't have to know what it yeah. stands for because we know what it is. It would be something like... Or if you were to talk into the microphone like this. Yeah. Tonight you're going to be hearing the dulcet sounds. See, it's too loud. Bobby Burns. Too, too loud, too loud. See, I'm just I'm too loud. <laughs> to, to do ASMR, it has to be much quieter. So ASMR is like this. Uh, it's a YouTube thing. It's really big. Oh, yeah. It's there, a huge thing. There's some channels with like millions of subscribers. Oh, well, I don't know if I've said it out loud yet today, but I hate all society. And and I'm welcoming the end. You Embracing know? it? <laughs> I like to think of myself as sort of a cipher character. Like, I'm the dude who's the one guy, the only one, who's fully aware that we're in the Matrix. But I'm like... Nah, I'm cool with it. Send me back and give me a mansion. No, you're like that jackass on any CBS cop drama that's typing everything when when you're supposed to be using a mouse. Welcome back to Cinema. I, the A-Team, would like to extend an apology for last week's really long musical intro that was never approved. I just wanted to share some really sweet sounds with all the people out there. Thought that it's a really great song, so I yeah, let it play. Yeah, it is a great song. Nobody needs a minute long intro. I'm sorry, but that's okay. We have a brand new theme song, and it's gonna be just fine. And it's <laughs> this week we'll be reviewing one of the most interesting takes. Of a zombie film that I have seen in quite some time. Joining me as always, B Team Two Demerits, Josh. Hey guys, I'm I'm still here. I'm hanging on. Thanks for all of your support. Third demerit. <laughs> and we welcome back Trey, our most special guest, Zero Demerits. How y'all doing? Good, Trey. Thanks for coming back. Thank you for having me. And I'm Rachel. This week we watched Attack of the Southern Fried Zombies. According to the DVD cover, it grows on you. Uh, any truth to that? I don't know. Did it grow on... Well, it doesn't grow on you. It grows in you. Hmm. That's what we learned. Yeah. And on you, actually. Well, it comes out. 
Yeah. From inside of you. Part of this podcast is a public service announcement. For those of you who live in parts of the country you might not know about kudzu, it exists, I'm told. It grows lots of places. It's really pretty and green. I like kudzu. Yeah. Um, but I have no idea what... Josh is fired from explaining this. So kudzu is a plant that is invasive to the south, grows predominantly in the south. It is a weed that grows extremely fast and covers anything, trees, bushes, houses, and it will slowly kill and destroy all of them. It will even cover people if you go to sleep beside it for too long. Is that true? Yeah. Maybe that's where they... It's really fast growing. So what we watched tonight was actually a documentary, is what you're saying. Incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) It seems so eerily realistic. (laughs) We open on some great text exposition. Cut position. Hmm. Try to make that Holy one more. Holy shit. Really All right, take three. Want to try it one more time? No, I, you're onto something here. Thank you. Thank you. I feel good about that. Keep it in. It stays. It's fresh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that you don't know anything about Kaitsu because we learned all about it at the top of the movie. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. No, I was... I guess Josh didn't read the text up there. No, no, no. This is my personal arc throughout this episode. I'm trying to think. By the end of it, you're going to be, you know, it starts out, it's like, man, Josh is a big idiot when it comes to kudzu by the end you're gonna be like he's so smart when it comes to kudzu i just want people to connect with me because i'm really hanging on i'm trying to stay in this podcast (laughs) for a person who grew up in a very rural farming community like yeah on on farmland you are really dumb when it comes to (laughs) agriculture thank you um (laughs) i had nintendo so, uh, there it is. I made my choice, and I am happy with it. I stayed inside. Don't worry, Josh. Your translucent skin told me that. <laughs> was it my translucent? <laughs> is it, is it, sorry, is this a child of Damien? Is he part of the omen? You know what? Every day is a Tums Festival with you. <laughs> Big ups to Best of the Worst in Red Letter Media. Those guys are great. So we get this history of kudzu with a nice little infographic showing how it spread over pretty much all of the southeast of the United States, um, except for the very, very, very tip of Florida. Not sure he, why. Because even kudzu was like, fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, Miami? No, I'm sorry. Nothing but concrete. So uh, how does the movie actually start? We get, we get some... Three bros hanging out in a cornfield. No, no, no. Oh, it's before that. Right before that. Crop dusting. What I like about the opening, the the opening shots after the the information, is that it's really sort of unassuming. It's not like gimmicky, gimmicky or flashy. It's just like giving you some information with some expository shots, right? You're in a some expository shots or two of the same ones shown in different ways. <laughs> You're in some sort of airfield, and there's some guys like like fueling up or moving some like chemical to the plane, and then there's the kid getting in. Um, who we didn't some, know. Some chemical, or do you mean the zoom up of quadoxin? Quadoxin, yeah. But the kid gets in the crop duster and starts crop dusting over the kudzu. It's pretty obvious they're trying to kill it. And then we come to just three bros. Mm-hmm. Like us, three bros. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hanging out. 
Drinking drinking some beers in the old soybean patch. Drinking exactly two. They only had one six pack. <laughs> they were splitting a beer uh, and a half between three people. Can I be the one with the blonde like highlights? He's my favorite. He's your favorite? <laughs> yeah. As long as I don't have to be Lonnie, then we're good. <laughs> Lonnie wasn't invited to this particular hangout. Lonnie doesn't do drugs. <laughs> That's yeah. a great explanation of who Lonnie is. Yeah, they they pulled up to Lonnie's house. Hey, Lonnie, want to come drink out in the field with us? No thanks, i got to help with the meat pies. He's a very industrious young man. He's got two jobs. Yeah, with He's his uncle He's really Ed. focused, yeah. 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 Well, it has He's to be. so lame, though. But we'll, we'll, we'll get back to why he's so seemingly industrious. So, there's three friends walking in a, in a field. They're on their way to... Uh, what looks like an abandoned house from the outside. I'm pretty sure it's just an abandoned house they yes. found out in the woods. Yes. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that one kid is actually smoking pot. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. There's yeah. no faking it. Um, but oh, there was a there was a shot uh, as the three were walking through the field where Lonnie passes over them in his crop duster, and it was very sort of um, yeah. Trace said very. I find our quest. Mm-hmm. And it was a good shot, actually. Yeah, yeah, it was a great shot. There's quite a few shots in this movie that make you go like, hey, yeah. look at that. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad at all. Charleston, Missis- uh, Mississippi, you know, good you, on you. You're doing it. Yeah. But the guy in the abandoned house, I mean, excuse me, he definitely lives there. Sure, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, the, yeah. He doesn't come to the door. What would be your first reaction after knocking on someone's door and they didn't answer it? Well, he's not home. Or he doesn't want to answer the door, so go away. Well, obviously what you do, Trey is mistaken. Obviously what you do is kick the door wide open, because that's what this group chooses to do. Well, I didn't watch the particular YouTube video that the guy who kicked in the door did, which is why I didn't know how to do it as flawlessly as he did. But right. now he, we do. He, he was studied. Yes. We know now. Kick, it, kick by the lock with force. Yes. Didn't even break the door frame. Mm-mm. Oh boy! Who and and for that he was he was ridiculed by uh, the guy Trey called Jonathan Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yeah, my oh. fave. JTT. JTT. So they walk in. Uh, this guy's house is a real mess. He has a half-eaten juicy steak there, lots of alcohol, and just like jars of bud uh, on the table. And that the three friends are really excited about. But the guy who owns the house is just kind of laying there with his eyes open. And you're like, oh man, he must be asleep. And his eyes are open. Yeah, they're wide open. <laughs> and without touching him, they kind of look over and like, oh no, he's actually dead. So they freak out a little bit, but not before stealing his weed. They're like, is it stealing <laughs> at that point? Oh, <laughs> that weed uh, is part of his, what he's going to leave his children. Um, he would have wanted <laughs> to go to these three random squirrels. kids. I don't know. What <laughs> Look, I've watched enough Unsolved Mysteries to know that they shouldn't have touched anything. Just get out of there before you are framed for this murder. What does it say about, when I watched that scene, I was just like, holy shit, those three kids are in that house with that dead guy? They're definitely getting pinned on the murder. <laughs> like, they are all going to Sing Sing or something. <laughs> then oh. you have also watched some Unsolved Mysteries. You heard Robert Stack in the background. Then the three boys. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. Someone's watched an unhealthy amount of Unsolved Mysteries. Look, all I know is you keep leaving the front door open, but Jeffrey Dahmer only murdered people whose doors were unlocked thinking he was invited in. So stop trying to get me murdered. 
Wow. Whoa, where did that come from? That's deep. Unsolved yeah. mysteries. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stay with you. As it should. As it should. You better lock your doors when you get home, Trey. I'm gonna. Good. <laughs> yeah, Trey. Live in constant fear. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to live. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so we start to uh, learn about this place. Uh, we should mention the setting of this film. It takes place in, um, was it Charleston, Mississippi? Correct. Charleston, mm-hmm. Mississippi, which is a real place, as we learned from the sign, is the birthplace of uh, a one Mr. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Who's, uh, He's got cool. a jazz band there. Does he? Or not a band, a club. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Also, you missed the best part of the guys who broke in and stole the weed. By all means. Like, the zombie action picks up like this. Like, I will tell you, I actually really like that about this movie. Like, oh, it's a zombie movie. Don't worry, you ain't gonna wait 20 minutes for the action. You have to wait four. Yeah. <laughs> the, guy, um, the guy who's dead, uh, his eyes go white. He immediately turns into a zombie and bites one of them in the arm. It's awesome. He yeah. bites JTT. JTT. He goes down quick. Well, that's just true to life. JTT would be an early victim, I think. Well, I mean. zombie attack. Where's JTT now? Oh. Exactly. Probably living it up. I mean, I don't know. If you Probably can... not. <laughs> I don't think he made really good investments as an 11-year-old. I just don't think that he did. Well, who would? You'd think you'd have a little bit of wisdom, though, right? If you're riding some crazy wave, you know it's going to crash in, what, you got, like a year, two years? Invest your money. Put it away. But he was on home improvement, wasn't he? Yeah, that's yeah. true. That was like eight years yeah. or something. And then the Lion King. That's true. You making that Lion King money? Still. Mm-hmm. And then Man of the House with Chevy Chase. <laughs> there are so many kudzu shots, rapid fire right yes. after that zombie attack, really driving the point home. Like kudzu, don't forget about the kudzu. Look at those goats eating the kudzu. Goats eating the kudzu. Kudzu, kudzu. Goats, goats, goats. Like. There are like 12 extra shots of kudzu. Yes. Yes. I think part of that is because they realize there's going to be a fair amount of people who watch this movie who have no idea what kudzu is. So I think that's what they were trying to clear it. Like, don't forget, this is the problem. Look at these guys macheting this kudzu, trying to get rid of it. Plus, this movie was supposed to be named Kudzu Zombie. But they changed it to Attack of the Southern Fried Zombie. So I think they put in some extra shots of kudzu just so that people wouldn't get uh, lost that this is the problem. I think that's exactly what it was. Do you yeah. think they changed the name because like it's not easily recognizable everywhere, the whole like kudzu thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Also, I think kudzu is a Japanese word, and so if you mm-hmm. don't know what that is and it sounds, it might like misconstrue uh, the what the movie is actually about. That's true. And that's probably why one of the scientist is Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. And for some reason... It's her fault. (laughs) She brought it over. Thanks a lot, Dr. Fuku... What was her name? And those... Fukushima. (laughs) Thanks a lot. And those lax customs laws. (laughs) Why was the other scientist German? It seemed so unnecessary. Especially since his accent was not real. Oh, no, not at all. Yes, Josh. We see it was Chase, Chase, Man About House. You win. 
One demerit erased. <laughs> the only thing I remember from that movie is that his mom liked to make art from driftwood. All I remember about that movie is they were really into recycling. I do remember Ooh. that. I do. The two things I remember about that movie. Oh, JTT. Gone too soon. From the, from the public eye. <laughs> See, he's not dead. Well, one day he'll be dead and this could serve as his memorial. <laughs> No. Jeez. No. All right, everybody. Listen. <laughs> We're j- here Josh, to honor. I'm serious. <laughs> Two more demerits. <laughs> Today we're here to honor Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Thin line. Or grimy, as he liked to be called. <laughs> you are on a razor's edge, my friend. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I will replace you with a stuffed animal. <laughs> <laughs> So when we meet the two scientists, um, I don't remember too much about that scene except for... Lonnie lands his plane and yeah. gets out and starts chatting with them. And they how are... Many, how many green screen shots are in so that chit chat? Uh, two. That's one shot and then the reverse shot. <laughs> don't know why. No. No real reason. But we noticed it right away. Because they're there. They, yeah. He gets off that plane, he's standing in front of it, and then it's a green screen. Yeah. Yeah. What happened? Did it, they lose the light? <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird choice. But the thing is, what if it wasn't a green screen? What if they just shot it in a way that it now, looked like think, a green screen? I did think of that. What if they were using a 4K camera? Mm-hmm. Or some yeah, like a really wide lens, mm-hmm. a, a deep focus. Yeah, deep yeah, focus. but something that's very detailed, and was easy. And it, the camera, it was just easy for the camera to get everything perfectly in focus. Right. I thought of that too. It's a kind of strange choice. Yes. But cool, cool, good for them. Probably not a green screen. <laughs> but it looked like. One. But there's two of these scenes in a row. You have the one with Mayor and Ellie. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ellie is set up very quickly as this sort of busy as a bee, like go get her. I can never let down the mayor. (laughs) And so the scientists give Lonnie the week off. He's done a great job spreading their quadoxin over the kudzu, but they need to run some tests. We'll see you next week so you can dump some more stuff. This is where I was like, really? That's how they test it? By dumping it over hundreds of acres of kudzu instead of just like well let's dig this one kudzu plant up and take it to our laboratory and test this one what no (laughs) they have to uh measure its effectiveness in a place that nobody cares about so they went with the rj reynolds model of science i see yes gotcha whoa hot take um (laughs) that's funny because i think and we'll, we'll probably come back to this but I think that there is this sort of underlying theme in this film of if it had a message, if it was saying something political, it might be something like, look at these big companies or big agra or whatever coming in and to small, economically depressed areas, rural. Because Lonnie does make the point of, well, we're used to kudzu around here. We even eat it. Yeah. And they're determined to eradicate it, even though no one's complained. And the company's name is... Globo Biotech, which just sounds generic and evil enough for you to believe that they are capable of anything. It looks, it sounds like one of those things that you come up with while looking around. Yeah. And seeing what's around you, like the cars are so excited. Yeah. 
My name is Mr. Chair Vagina. <laughs> Stop looking in my direction, Josh. <laughs> but Lonnie leaves and goes to be help his uncle, Ed, make meat pies. Yes, so this is the third green screen shot. This is definitely a green screen <laughs> yeah, one. It's yes. weird. It's like in this, like a horse barn or something. It's just an empty barn yeah. that's dilapidated. A it, huge empty barn. Huge, <laughs> filled with dry eye smoke. Right. <laughs> and, and then a table, a stainless steel cutting table, and a sh- goat head that they're taking stuff off. It's just nasty. Yeah. So much fake blood. They're meat grinding, but like there's blood <laughs> everywhere. She's like, did you literally just kill this goat? Pretty sure. <laughs> like on the table, they're grinding the meat. They also killed the goat. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know too much about preparing meat, but don't you like drain a lot of that? No, you want to let it sit in it sure, on a sure. warm table okay. for yeah. as long as you can. Right. Why aren't they inside where it's air conditioned? It's not folksy enough. <laughs> well, around these parts, we might not be fancy butchers. You see that so much in movies that are in the South, even though this movie is made by clearly Southern people based off of their actual names i'm guessing they're actually southern super clearly yeah (laughs) there's there's always this air of like oh we're super dumb everything's done outside explicably like no it is hot we're inside with the air conditioning look they're selling meat pies at a carnival all right they don't they don't need to worry about yelp ratings or health code violations (laughs) they can just do what they want and make ten thousand maybe that's the real message of the movie like a sort of like beast of the southern wild. Like we don't need outside society. We're sort of no. I mean, the, the message is uh, <laughs> make me pies. Obey your health code violations, or else zombies attack. <laughs> you went way too deep. <laughs> so, but then Nancy comes. Oh, Nancy. Yes, Nancy. Nancy is so. She shows up. With the carrying a tray of uh, lemonade and beer, lemonade and beer, um, and for her husband Ed and her uh, nephew. nephew Lonnie, yes. Lonnie the crop duster, Lonnie the android crop duster. <laughs> Have we mentioned that Lonnie is? Um, he seems like a really sweet kid. I he is devoid of all emotion. He's just reading. Like what? What model was the Arnold Schwarzenegger from Terminator? T two. T2000? So Lonnie would be like a T... 100. <laughs> I was going to say 14. A, T, a T87, at best. <laughs> a real early model. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Nancy's just the most beautiful creature <laughs> that has ever graced the screens. And she comes with cold drinks for her two boys. Yeah. And Lonnie takes the beer and then is her husband, Ed... Like, oh, baby, you mind if I take this beer? I was convinced they were actually married. Like, yes, it's, love it. It's incredibly authentic. It's uh, yeah. so real, and it's so, like, earnest and, and sweet. They're perfect. Yeah. If we could get an Ed and Nancy spinoff, I would be in heaven. It'd have to be a prequel. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Da, da, da. Well, this is a movie that I kind of I kind of dig this. Um, it's a movie that doesn't value the lives of its of its characters that much, which is kind of cool because you never know who's going to get eaten. Because JTT, 
he gets bitten in the first like four minutes. Four minutes, yeah. So I think it's really cool. It sort of keeps you guessing. And then they go to the carnival, sell their meat pies, and can we talk about the disgusting amount of PDA that these characters are throwing around? So this, what what was the carnival celebrating? The fourth annual something. Okay. It was kind of important because I'd say a third of the movie takes place at this carnival. Yes. Yeah. A yeah. healthy chunk of the there movie. There are three different musical acts that go on. Mm-hmm. Like, we spend a lot of time at this carnival. One of the musical acts is called Truck Patch Revival. They write three of the original songs for the movie. Oh. Nice. I see. Yeah. But they were like, well, we'll write these songs, but we want to be in at least five minutes of this movie. With not like focused on us, and, and they then do. The director said, "How about seven? And they said, "Deal." <laughs> he he doesn't know how to haggle. <laughs> so we get there. We we meet some new characters. Um, so many, so many. It's it's a it's a character unloading. It's a quick like rapid fire. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some names here. Do okay, uh, Trish and Jennifer. The not lesbians. Yes. Yes. The quote-unquote lesbians. So Trisha's the one that that uh, steps up to the, what's the thing where you like the hit ha- the hammer? The and, hammer bell thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and the guy who's running is like, "Well, step on up, little lady," and she's like, "I am a movie lesbian. I don't take no <laughs> guff from nobody. You know, stand out of my way and let me hit this mallet." And then it goes all the way up to the top. She's like, "Yeah, that's how you do. It's the 21st century." Hashtag feminism. You sexist pig. You sickened me. I'm going to go make out with my girlfriend. <laughs> and then she does. Yes. But Big they, time. They make out in a way that lets you know like, oh, they're, they're two straight women making out. Yes. And here's when I yeah. knew it was a Very uncomfortable. <laughs> and here's, here's when I knew it was a fictional movie. Um, these two girls start making out and a guy's like, oh, gross, nasty. What's the world coming to? Going to hell in a handbasket. What the hell? That's not reality. And then the sad chain-smoking clown beside him said, Oh, well, I'm totally all the way into this. Well, if that's hell, buy me a ticket. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The red-headed, quote-unquote, lesbian, what was her name? That's Trish. Trish then says... I need some herbalicious. Like, oh my God. She does this amazing dance, too. She does. Mm, 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 mm. Pretending to smoke with both hands. It's so not cringy. (laughs) So what's interesting is that Trish is studying uh, botany. You'd think she's a damn doctor, though. Jennifer studying... uh, I think she's studying science or... Maybe she's a vet or something like that. I don't know. But it doesn't really come up. Like, you have a character that you set up as a botanist. You have a plant-based zombie illness. She doesn't really comment or say anything. No, when they ask her about it, she's like, well, it's not like we learned about this in class. (laughs) Wow, you were super helpful. (laughs) That makes her kind of like the grad student in Tremors. Because they started like, well, what is it? What's it about? And she's like, it's... Before history, we don't know. We've never seen them before. Yeah, but at least that's a better explanation. It's just a better movie. I mean, Whoa. all fairness oh. to Whoa. Attack oh. of the Southern Whoa. Fried Zombies. Oh. But oh. Tremors is an wow. amazing film. Oh, man. I can't believe we're arguing about this right Look, now. <laughs> all Tremors, all I know is Tremors does have Reba McIntyre, so. Mm, okay. That's all you're yeah. going to say? So you're going to stack up Reba McIntyre against Aunt Nancy? 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. That's fair. Sorry. She's a close second. Reba McIntyre, <laughs> then Nancy. In that order. I'm, I'm just rooting for Burt Ward, you know? I'm a real Ward head. <laughs> but the original zombie who bites JTT falls into the river while chasing the three boys as they get away. After the herbalicious comment, <laughs> they cut back to this guy fly fishing. He's definitely not fly fishing. What is he? Just like just gonna in wait waders, in the way in the water. He's he saw a picture in a magazine. He's like, sweetheart, I'm going to go do that. And she's like, can I take my sister who looks kind of like me? He's like, yep. As long as you wear your ba- bikini tops. And they definitely are. Oh, maybe he was doing the thing where you like, you, you put your hand down in the water. Noodling. Oh. Yeah. But no, he but he had a fishing rod. Fishing pole. Oh. But then he catches something. Something real big. Fire up the grill, baby. <laughs> and they immediately turn and leave. Like, that's not how fishing works. You stay and watch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that. He's going to take the hook out. Grass. So they leave. It's just five steps away and they don't hear any of this. But he catches the zombie. How the hell does he look like that? He's only been in the water for like three, four minutes. Well, Rachel, since the zombie virus is part plant, he's more easily uh, uh, susceptible to drawing him water into his, his skin. So that's why he looked like one of the creatures from Hot Bo- Goblins. Josh, could you just say into the mic in ASMR style, schooled you on Trey's behalf? Schooled you. That's way too loud. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it to hell. That does answer the question, though, because that was it was weird. It was like this, you he know, redneck. Mushroom. Went, yeah. He had mushrooms growing He came out, him. he looked like John Merrick, you know. Sorry to the elephant man. He's been dead long enough, but I think it's okay. Yeah. Raleigh? Yeah. But maybe I'm, maybe I just don't know. Maybe, maybe people in Mississippi say Raleigh instead of Raleigh. I mean, you can even say Raleigh. Like, you can say that in a way that's southern. But it's spelled like Sir Walter Raleigh. It is. And everybody says Raleigh, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. I'm, but also, in fairness, that closed caption was fucking up quite a bit. That's true. <laughs> that is... Can't, thank you for bringing that up, Trey. I found it offensive. That's right. Offensive. That these folks' accents were so southern that whatever subtitles house they went to couldn't decipher the English language words they were using. Do you remember, what was that documentary called that you um, watched? Raising Bertie? Yeah, so Josh went to some documentary film thing. It was a witch's coven. And what? I was summoning dark... Oh, you're talking about the other thing. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Josh went to this documentary film shindig doodad thing. And there was this movie about these guys who are from eastern North Carolina. But the people who made the movie, they're not, are they? No, they were from the Midwest, like Chicago or something. Yes, so they came to make this movie about these guys. They subtitled everything they said. Much of what they said, not everything. A lot. And Josh showed me the trailer. I was just like, I'm sorry. If you can't understand what that guy is saying, then you can't understand what anyone's saying. <laughs> I was equally offended when I watched the movie and saw the subtitle. It was like it was like 
the Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, where he has that episode against the Scotsman, and it's, it's revealed that he is super racist against the, the Scots. He hates them, and with all the dumbest stereotypes possible, and at the end, he, like, makes up with the Scots, and they have, like, a moment of understanding, and they finally, one of the Scotsmen speaks, and he's subtitled. <laughs> it's, like, clear as day. You're all right with me, and it's, like, <laughs> subtitled. <laughs> We've been introduced to Trish and Jennifer. Jennifer, but then we also really quickly meet Kayla, Kayla. and Trent Raleigh. Trent Raleigh. Yeah, Raleigh. Yeah, his name's Trent Raleigh. <laughs> yeah, got elocution lessons from Forrest Gump. <laughs> Raleigh. But also, this is Lonnie saying that, so perhaps that is a uh, function of his code <laughs> because he's a robot. So, <clears throat> this movie and one of its 17 subplots uh, so many. positions, uh, so Kayla and Trish, or Trent are a couple, uh, Lonnie, our main antagonist, used to date Kayla back in high school, but Kayla went off to college and found her a new man who seems like he's the only person who tugs in his shirt, so that's how you know he's not from around there. <laughs> and he wears those, uh, you know, he's like a guy that wears sunglasses and those shorts and boat shoes. He's that kind of guy. He's, he's that like, kind of guy. He, he is also on the cover of the DVD in a leather vest that's open wide. That shot is not in the movie at any time. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is not. That is false advertising right there. He, he looks like a he, guy. He bought that vest and he's like, I'll be goddamned if I don't get to wear this. <laughs> He looks kind of like a guy who lives near the beach in New Jersey. Yeah. Or Florabama. If he showed up in an 80s movie... As the as bad a, guy. Yeah. But like the friend of the bad guy that doesn't speak. Yeah. Not the jerky blonde one that's like his lieutenant. He's like the <laughs> other one. That's what he looks like. That's exactly what he looks Put like. Put him in a body bag, Johnny! <laughs> <laughs> but they're at the carnival. Mm-hmm. And there's two meat pie sellers. There's Ed and Nancy, the most beautiful creatures that have ever graced this planet. You better buy all their meat pies. These are goat meat pies. I just want to point that out. And then there is His name ben. is Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson's gross, nasty goat meat pies that nobody's buying. What's kind of cute about it, though, is that it's a real sort of like homespun, like it's a real sort of Norman Rockwell-esque you know, tiny feud in a tiny town with yes, these two it's dudes. It's very believable. Yeah, it's very believable because it's about a recipe. When Ben is trying to sell his pies, someone comes up to him and says, Come on, they put lead in your pecker. <laughs> 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 Surprisingly, that doesn't work. Yeah. I think the casting on Ben Johnson was incredible. Yes. That dude is, uh, he is so believable, you know? Him, Ed, and Nancy. Mm-hmm. The best. Yeah, they're the trifecta. Kind of wish are. the movie was just about them, to be honest. Because they had the best arc throughout the entire movie. Really you can't, did. you can't sell that movie though. What would it be if, if it were, if it were Ed with his, with I'm his? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? Can't sell that movie. <laughs> because this wow. movie on its own. It's like Josh hasn't learned anything <laughs> from doing a podcast called Cash Grab. <laughs> No, 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 I just meant generally, I mean, I mean specifically that picture. If that was Ed with one of his straps to his bib overalls Mm -hmm. off, showing a nipple, 
you know, walking slow. Oh, and I'm the, fine with that. And there's Nancy next to him. Yes. Thanks. I think that mm-hmm. screams Southern Fried Zombie much more than this, yeah. like, Twilight ripoff with his oiled up chest and a leather vest. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's and, just my opinion. And I don't Nancy make and Ben are the most Southern characters. That's true. Yeah. Most typical Southern people. You'd... We learned in the in the credits that um, Ben Johnson and Nancy are actually either related or married in real life. They do have the same last name. Yeah. yeah. So this meat pie rivalry actually plays an important part in the plot because they both both meat pie companies have the same goat supplier. But who, who is that goat supplier? We don't know. Oh yes, we do. Oh wait, yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. Wait, who 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 is it? First zombie. <sighs> right, Clayton. No, what was his name? Something like that. Something like that. So Ed and Nancy made, uh, usually it's like a first come first serve on who gets the goats, but Ed and Nancy made a deal so that they would have first rights on whatever goats they wanted for the yeah. next five years. They got the pick of the goats. Yes. And their pies are selling like hotcakes. I'm sorry. Quick question. Do people really clamor this much for goat meat pies? Well, I mean, you know, when you... Uh, Yes. Now that Charleston, <laughs> now that Charleston, Mississippi has a Starbucks, less people are going <laughs> to the meat pie competition. I mean, with a small town like that, it's big enough to sustain two meat pie businesses. So what does that tell you? <laughs> they've made it. They're almost. <laughs> I'm just, they're, I'm just saying. They've almost. They've almost locked themselves down in Arby's. And Nancy, <laughs> Ed and Nancy supposedly made ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Thousand. In meat pies. In one day, from let's keep it, let's be clear about this from 20 people at this fair and the meat from a single goat, from all we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so he's somehow he's magical, he's like Jesus with goat chili. What is it? What is it? Meat pies, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like, you'll buy it. <laughs> We've met all the younger characters and. Trish and Jennifer, they go off because they... Need to make out. They just have to. It's like they are just boiling and they have to They have to let it out. So, funnily enough, they stop in front of... It's, it's our first um, It's our first use of product placement. There's some product placement in the film. Such an interesting use of product placement. It's the best. They just freeze on a banner with an actual company in that town's name. With the phone number. His actual catering business, who used his real phone number in a nationally released movie, and he didn't think that was a bad idea. So we were talking about uh, Trish and Jennifer. They go off. They go off in the woods. Uh, not not even in the woods. They walk twelve feet away from a carnival behind that banner. Yeah. Yes. And start making out. But does anyone else see what? Trish does right before they start making out. Yeah. Oh, you mean when she um, <laughs> just ever so slightly like looked over at the camera and be like, "Okay, is there, are we doing this? Is it, are you are we ready? Oh, oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah." Yeah, definitely gay. She's totally a lesbian. <laughs> She's like, "Oh, is it time to turn on the the sex?" Okay, okay. Is it all in yes, focus? It's... I'm not doing this twice. <laughs> and kiss. And yeah, but what? They, but they linger on it. 
And yes, they do. They've been like, we get one one solitary boob. One boob. I mean, what B movie is it without boobs? I don't think it adds anything to the story. Oh, but no. It, but nothing. it didn't detract from it, so why not? Yeah. It adds nothing, but I can't recall very many B-movies that don't have boobs. Even if they're not sexualized. Even if they're oh, just yeah. there. Like, there has to be boobs. Like, right. we're edgy and we're B-movies. I don't get it. I'm just saying, if they wanted to be edgy, they should have recast that scene with Ed and Nancy. Yes. They should have. <laughs> But Nancy's a classy lady. She's not going to show her boobs. She might. You know, if it's for art. I think she's down. I think it could be really sensual. Well, the thing is, like, not everybody, not everybody wants to see, you know, middle-aged people get down. That's what's edgy about it. It's in your face. It's real, Josh. It yeah. makes you watch and takes no prisoners. <laughs> but then the girls think they hear a noise. I think they're more worried it's a peeping Tom. And so they go, well, they don't go anywhere. They just stand at the tree line. Mm-hmm. And what's his name? Ronald? Robbie. Robbie. Robbie runs out of the woods and gets kicked right in the balls. <laughs> and it's honestly hilarious. Like, oh, my balls! And he goes down hard. He's like, did he actually get kicked in the balls? Yeah. So it's the, the three friends who were looking for weed and were running from the zombie from earlier, like, run to the carnival instead of running to hospital because I think they're a little bit paranoid and they don't want to answer no questions about, you know, well, stealing a dead man's weed and, you know, him mm-hmm. possibly coming back to life. Well, you don't want to carry your friend to the hospital on an empty stomach, you know, you get a couple funnel cakes in there or something. Well, you meat know. pies, minimum. You need at least some meat pies. That would have been funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. And then Ben, so many subplots, then Ben and the smoking clown <laughs> hatch oh, some sort of quote unquote plan even though they don't say what the plan is to take down Ed and Nancy so the clown can become the Colonel Sanders of meat pies yeah yes the clown wants to be both the brand manager and the face of Ben's meat pie business the scary nightmarish face well, we don't know what it looks like under there Oh, I thought he was going to do it in the clown makeup. I well, thought that he, was part of the deal. Well, he did say, I'm tired of being a clown. I hate kids <laughs> while smoking in the middle of a carnival. They're not hiding in it or anything. No, but maybe the maybe the twist is that he really likes the makeup. He likes looking like a clown all the time. He just hates mm. children. But he hates the fact that like the life has changed around him, so he's become this clown at a carnival. Oh, you think he was more going for an it kind of clown at first, but his makeup wasn't scary enough, and kids were like, oh, we love you. <laughs> and then we get the first concert with Truck Patch Revival. Like They zoom in on the drums, so you know it's definitely their band name. Like, look at them rocking out. And it lasts, it really does, for like four minutes right. with this band. Just like... They must have done more than just write these songs to get such a part in the movie. Yeah. Or they wrote the songs for free. Mm. And this is their quote-unquote payment. And you see how well that worked out. (laughs) They got national recognition. I don't... Yeah, but so did that catering business. (laughs) And he's just like, these are someone's catering. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
And that's going to keep happening. (laughs) (laughs) Until he changes the number, defeating the purpose of putting it in the movie in the first place. And why do you think that real... Well, this is a real movie, but why do you think movies and TVs don't use real phone numbers? Right. That exact reason right there. Right. That's a good point. I mean... How's it going to help his catering business if somebody in Seattle wants some of their barbecue? I guess they have, they could put it on dry ice. And then while the band is playing their set and that actual person who seems to be a real fan of theirs is dancing by the stage and rocking out, some drunk guy behind yet another tarp is looking for someone to give him a cigarette lighter. And that's when the original zombie stumbles over with the mushrooms growing out of his head. And the guy's like, hey man, you got a lot? (laughs) How drunk are you? The correct answer is all the way. Well, now now I want to play a game. Sure. So that guy says, before he is eaten, you smell worse than a buzzard on a... And he's murdered. (laughs) So we do not get to find out. So let's... Josh, finish that... Southern slogan. You smell worse than a buzzard on a tauntaun. No. <laughs> you could be a Star Wars fan. Trey. You smell worse than a buzzard on a buffalo's butt. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. Nice alliteration. Yes, that's that's the key. <laughs> uh, you smell worse than a buzzard on a pack of dead mules. <laughs> I had the whole pack die. Did they eat the meat pies too? They did. Oh, Mules boy. will eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> but he is eaten. And then we cut to two bikers who show up. Like, I thought it was another damn subplot. <laughs> it kind of was. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of I mean, there's it, a it big payoff. It, yeah, it pans out. <laughs> but yeah, they, the dude gets off the bike. And there's this weird, like, back and forth with him and his girlfriend or wife. Where they're like, where they're they're kind of like the aggressive couple, you know? They're yes. just like, well, she's like, my ass hurts, and he's like, I bet it does after last night, and they kind of go back and forth about that, and then they like make out aggressively, and yeah. then it's, and then the movie angry. makes the same joke that it made before when the two lesbians were making out. Sorry, quote unquote lesbians. Hell, I'll sell some tickets to this, like. <laughs> Keep milking that, because that, that joke is golden. So it's clear that the people of this town don't know what people buy tickets to. So is this when um, mayhem breaks loose? Yeah, because the bikers, well, it's right before, but the bikers do get attacked by the original zombie and the new buzzard zombie. Yeah. Uh, yes. So they do get attacked, but all chaos still hasn't erupted because, so. well, that's when I finally pieced it together. Because people are complaining about tummy trouble after eating the meat pies. Mm-hmm. And obviously, and I finally put it together that the pies are made of goat meat. The goats eat the kudzu. The kudzu has the... Quidoxin. Quidoxin on it, which is in the goats, which is in the pies, and now in you. And it's like, that's needlessly complicated. You're such a mom. So They and- had some tummy trouble. <laughs> Sorry. That's how they described it. <laughs> yeah. And my tummy hurts. So all the 10,000 plus profits that Ed Nancy made went to help spread the virus to everyone? Yeah. 
basically. <laughs> so really, they are monsters. They are merchants of this well, according, Well, according to Ed, Nancy is the real art of the deal. And, she, and he, she's going to make Trump real proud. <laughs> this, this movie is was, a line in the movie. This movie was made in 2018. I just want to yes. remind everyone of that. Wait, well, did you, Ed said that? Yes. Ed did say that, yeah. Ed's also a black man. I feel like that's important to mention because that just adds like another dimension to that that statement. And he was serious. Yes. He was not being snarky. No, no, no. No, no, no. Or anything like that. It was a legitimate statement of making Trump proud. Well, you have to think about your regional audience, right? Sure, you don't, sure. you don't want to alienate 67% of them. Is that an accurate percentage? I don't know. I'm speaking without any knowledge of Charleston, Mississippi. Ah. I can just... I threw out a number. So, Ed and Nancy sold all the pies that got everybody sick. And Lonnie was the one that sprayed all the kudzu with the quadoxin. What's going on here? Do you think they knew something? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't think they did. I think it's just a... A tragic, uh, I think, just think it's a happy accident. Happy. That this one family completely destroyed an entire town. Well, right before then, JTT does succumb to the bite he sustained. And they. Oh, yeah, because all the young people converge on the medical tent. Mm hmm. Where he's getting his arm patched up, but it's and, still bleeding red and green. Right. And they're like, well, we got to take him to the hospital. But the ambulance is gone, so they leave in... Uh, Trent's Mitsubishi Eclipse. Right. 1997. <laughs> Convertible. And, but JTG dies in there before they can even leave. And they pull, at the, they cut his arm and pull out a kudzu vine from his arm that's been growing inside of him. It was pretty gross. Yeah. yeah. Like, even though the CGI was questionable, I was still like, ah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I was still, like, squicked out by it. Yeah. That, that did its job. But he comes back to life, as zombies do, and starts attacking uh, Trent. Yeah, he bites Trent in the, in in the, the shoulder, like, yeah. in the front of his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And the meaty pectoral muscle. <laughs> and his friend hits him and says, you're a goddamn vegan, for Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Great line. Yeah. I gotta say, of of all those people, except except for um, Ed and Nancy and Ben, um, I think that those three kids at the beginning that are going to the house getting some weed, I think they're great. I think oh, they're the abs- three bros? Yeah. The three bros, yeah. They're, just, they're, they're fantastic. They're very, um, I don't know, they're not too cheesy or... I think they know what movie they're in. Yeah. They, I, they do seem more self-aware. Mm-hmm. But, so, that's when all hell has broken loose. Zombies are fucking up everything. Eating everybody. And some of the people, some of the extras are just, like, walking. Like, oh, no! (laughs) (laughs) Well, you see, like, background action happening as all hell breaks loose. As if they're filming it and, like, the rest of the town is sort of going about their day. Right, but that's not as blatantly obvious at first because you could check that up too well those people have escaped right they've yeah. drived away and escaped but later on when they're going through the streets of the town and there is still cars going by you're just like jeez <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have money for to, for permits they couldn't block off streets 
Well, I, obviously they blocked off one street. They blocked off plenty, I'm sure, but yeah, they it didn't block like, off that one. Yeah, it looks like they blo- they had permission to block off one, but the town was probably like, nah, that's good. I bet they did block off the street, but there was ornery old Cheryl who wouldn't abide by the court's rulings. You know what I mean? Hun, I got to get down to the pig and get this chicken. I don't care what movie you're making, dinner ain't making itself. <laughs> Cheryl, we will bring you over a covered plate. Please. Who's making that plate? Nancy. <laughs> Y'all can keep them meat pies. That's nasty. Go. No. <laughs> oh, Cheryl. So, uh, are there some, there's some like memorable zombie kills during this, this sequence. Uh, there's a guy who's, uh, breathes fire and he sets one on fire. That was yep. awesome. Uh, um, there's a memorable zombie killing people where two zombies grab the lady on either side by her arms mm-hmm. and then pull her arms off. Well, her arms or what is clearly ham hocks, yes, whichever you want. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to note that this film won goriest film at the fan. Fantastic Horror Film Festival for that gore. Yeah. I saw this on the case that it said Gorious Film, and I was I was expecting a lot of gore. The trailer made it look a lot gorier than it was, but it's still pretty gory. What was your favorite part during the mayhem? Um, there were some kids in a bounce house that they kept showing a lot that uh, Josh pointed out. And then at some point you see them all like dead being eaten inside the bounce house. And I was like, oh, that's a nice payoff. Yeah, I was like, look at them kids. They're going to fucking die. It's going to be awesome. Well, you keep an eye on them. You want to make sure you see when life exits their body. There was also uh, the the guy who, he operated the, the, the hammer bell thing, whatever that's called. And as soon as he saw the, the zombies show up, he was like, oh, hell no. And he runs off. I was like, real. That is real. I don't even know if he knew that we were filming. What, well, was... what made him say the oh, hell no is when the zombie clown comes out. And he was fine with everything else until the zombie clown. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Um, my favorite part from the whole mayhem situation is we... Uh, we cut to the mayor and Ellie on the stage because he'd been given some speech and it was kind of weird. He had, it was this little back and forth with him and a heckler, which was really funny. Actually, it seemed um, pretty genuine. And, um, but, uh, him and Ellie were on stage and Ellie figures out what's going on. And she's like, I have to protect you mayor. And then she proceeds to pull a gun from the only, out of her butt. it's from <laughs> yeah. her butt cheeks. She's been, she's clenching the whole time, ready to protect the mayor with this you gotta, gun. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. And at this point, I thought that Ed, Nancy, and Ben were going to be the best characters in the whole thing. And then Ellie comes up and flips the script on who she is as a character. I was just like, all right, let's put her over here. Yes. I want to see a movie with the four of them now. Yeah, yeah, Ellie is great. She's doing headshots and just like... Wasting way less ammo than everyone else. One-shot kills... Uh, protecting the mayor as as it's her purview. Uh, the mayor picks up a guitar and just starts wailing on zombies. That was a great choice. Somehow he stopped at some point to tie a 
tie around his head and go all Rambo. But you know, whatever. It's for effect. It works. It helped, it helped get him in character, so fine. But then Ed, Nancy, and Lonnie are trapped in their pie tent with Ben because he came over to try to steal their pie recipe. And they use a flimsy, <laughs> foldable plastic table to hold off a horde of zombies while Ed makes a Molotov cocktail, sort of, out of From a, a propane tank, yeah. an, uh, a, a rag, rag. and yeah. a lighter. How flammable is propane? Like, wouldn't you have to open the valve to make it explode? Maybe he did, and we just didn't see that part. Sure. I don't know, but I will answer the question with the flimsy plastic table. Lonnie's got titanium arms, so his strength can (laughs) easily hold back a horde of zombies. (laughs) Dolomite, baby. (laughs) But it takes them well into this zombie super attack. To think of the preppers in town. Yeah. Right. Ellie and the mayor are the ones who think of it. Just like, look, if I know anything about the South, which I don't, then (laughs) honestly, prepper, people who prep, if I knew anyone that was a prepper and there was a zombie apocalypse, my first thought was just like, well, let's go to his house and stand behind him while he shoots them all. It's funny. I didn't think about this while we were watching it, but this, I'm coming to a lot of comparisons with Tremors. Again, in Tremors, as soon as they knew they were dealing with some sort of monster and they found that uh, snake, or before they found the snake thing, they were just like, let's go get, let's go get Bert. Let's go get, he's got a bunch of guns and stuff. Let's go call him. And Reba. And Reba. They got guns. They can protect us. Why didn't they, you know, it's weird. It took them a long time. Yeah. And then they escaped. Well, the young people uh, start breaking into people's trunks and that's where they find all the, the, the Tech Nines and the, all the ammo that they left. They left so much. <laughs> they just brought the guns out to the to the people, but they left all the ammo behind. And they only have one gun. Yeah. All those honey accessories, like Uzis. <laughs> but when she opens the trunk and finds all the ammo, we're all just like, yeah, that's pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's where you keep Maybe it. she finds a machete, too. Yeah. She's like, mm, yeah. Sure. He was using it to cut down the kudzu. Sure, I'll give you that. Okay. <laughs> but and when they finally escape the carnival... For some weird, unexplained, and unnecessary reason, Ed, who's been taking charge this whole time, turns to Lonnie and goes, Lonnie, you're you you're in charge. You take charge. Why? <laughs> Maybe he knows he's a robot. His directive <laughs> will always make him protect the humans. <laughs> oh, Lonnie, we both know they can't hurt you. They ain't going to chew on metal, boy. <laughs> Let's be honest, though. Once they run into town and they find Kayla who's being attacked and they save her. Oh boy, who cares? (laughs) By this point, they all would have ran out of ammo. Yeah. They had magic magazines. Magic refilling magazines. It was a straight up video game at some point. And it wasn't until practically the end of the movie that somebody said, how many bullets do you have left? Like, what? Like, you give a shit. She takes out the magazine. Checks says there's none in there. I'm, yeah, so I'm almost out. Puts it back, and then like a zombie comes up, and she's just like, for like 20 shots, and she's still good. Yeah, just like oh well, it's gone now. No more ammo. <laughs> Meanwhile, Trish is like cutting zombies in half with her machete and just like the cap game like, people like, like she is half. super strong. Yeah, she's she Hulk at this point. Like you don't mess with her. 
There's this no. one person, she splits like a melon. Like, yeah. I mean, he just falls just away. All the way down the middle. The physics on that was weird. It was. But then, I almost can't speak of it. A tragedy none of us wanted to happen. Ellie is attacked. Man, that was tough. <sighs> and she is turned. <laughs> but the mayor, being the caring boss he is, immediately shoots her in the head. But it's just so sad. And he even stops for a moment to eulogize her. He does. Yeah. Like, it's real. They're, the love he had for his subordinate, Ellie, mm-hmm. was genuine. Yeah, it was a really tender moment. And it, I think... We all want a boss like the mayor. It's yeah. true. Like, at that moment, before then, he was kind of a joke, and he was kind of like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah. And he's just a piece of shit. But he has that little speech, and then he gets up, and he's all like you know, infused with the, you know, power of vengeance and stuff. And he's kind of badass. Yeah. And, it's, it's and then cool. after Ellie, after he has to kill Ellie, he has a moment where he falls to his knees and he's like, why, why did I take the money from Globo Evil Tech? It's my fault Ellie's dead. My greed. Lord. And Lonnie the robot says, listen, sir. <laughs> I know, you might think we're not being fair with Lonnie, but it, he's not a robot. But he's he's such an interesting... He reminds me of the main guy from Birdemic in that... Rod. Rod! In that he's a little bit wooden, and he has this tendency to end his scenes just sort of looking off camera <laughs> as if he's daydreaming. He thinks he's making some really emotional look, and it's not. All His face looks the same throughout the whole movie. It does. Like, Ed and Nancy are his aunt and uncle, and later on down the line, when tragedy befalls them, his, like, you'd think it's tears, but you can tell it's just a little bit too far back, yeah. and it's just sweat. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Like, you couldn't have gotten some eye drops, like, cut, hold on, drop, 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 this eye drops, and then get off and, like, just screw your face up and look really sad for a second? No. <laughs> Can I mention my favorite line no. from um, <laughs> from this entire movie? It's when um, it's before Ellie dies, and her and the mayor are have this little bit of action where they're like killing a bunch of zombies and stuff, and the mayor smacks this one with his guitar and, and smashes his head. He's like, "Oh shit, it's the grocery boy." <laughs> <laughs> Just like like a part of his mind is still saying like, man, if my opponents get wind of this, I'll be done for for sure. When he does send the younger group off to Globo Evil Tech mm-hmm. to find answers, he does say, don't forget who to tell your friends to vote for. <laughs> <laughs> He's perfect. But then sadly, after they leave to go to Globo Evil Tech, you don't ever see him again. I can only imagine that he's just lying in wait for his um, sequel spinoff film. I hope so. Mayor so-and-so. First Blood Part 2. <laughs> the third. They, they drew first blood. <laughs> oh, you... I thought you were going to say the best line when he breaks down and when he's getting overwhelmed and he's like, I was so happy. I was happier than Richard Simmons <laughs> watching Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> No, but he, he, the line he, he delivered that perfectly. 
<laughs> it's timely. It's on point. Mayor it's Lockwood really was no one could be offended by great it. character. <laughs> he was awesome. Yeah. But then he sends the younger kids off with Ben, Nancy, and Ed to find a cure from the scientists, from the two yeah. doctors. So they're going back to the airfield where they spray the crops and where all the quidoxin is to yes. see if like maybe they can help. On the the ride there, they run out of fuel in the grass mm-hmm. instead of on a road. Yeah. Which that makes sense. They just pull off. Ed knew a shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> Get through this field. Listen, what you do is you go around back, lift the chain, cut across the field, and then you're there. Um, but then Trent, damn it, Trent, they give him quite the death monologue. And I don't remember all of it, oh, but I did write down one of them, and I'll do my best to ASMR this. If you still have feelings for Lonnie, don't deny them. <laughs> Don't he's, deny him your heart, he says, or something. And like, but he's to, taking his final his, moments to his girlfriend Kayla. Just like, yeah, go with Lonnie. <laughs> what? I give you my blessing. It's actually my dying wish, so you kind of have to do it. <laughs> You're his hoe now. <laughs> <laughs> this, of course, makes Kayla very upset, and when the zombies. And she starts yelling, no, no, no. And that attracts a bunch of zombies because Kayla is kind of the worst. She is. I actually wrote that down and underlined worse. Kayla is the worst. And, you know, I mean, not to really trash on Trent. I mean, he is dying. He's in. The, he's about to die. But what if Lonnie is in earshot and he hears that? He's like, go with Lonnie. You should be with Lonnie. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, if I was Lonnie, I'd be like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> She'll learn to love me. After- <laughs> Sorry. She will learn to love Lonnie. There you go. But this is another example of Trent's basically been painted as this one-dimensional douchebag this entire time, and then they try and give him another dimension as he's dying and be like... I love you, so I want you to go on and be happy without me. Which And they didn't have to do that. Not no. at all. In fact, one might say that they shouldn't have. But it was an interesting choice to do it. I mean, I've come on board. Yeah. Honestly, I think the best thing they did for Trent was when the zombies were trying to run after Kayla and everyone else, he gets out of the van as he's dying goes, over here, and like distracts the zombies towards him. Like That's enough yeah. of a character-saving arc. You did not need the weird... I give you permission because I'm your man and you need this. So here's the permission so you can go date someone else. Like, bitch, I will date who I want. I don't care if you're dying. There's a couple of times in the movie where the subtext becomes the text. Like, there's an earlier part before all the mayhem and stuff where Lonnie and Kayla are talking to each other. And she walks off and he's like, go ahead, go back to your better life. Right? It's so unnecessary. It's just like, well, I think we're getting that, Lonnie. You didn't have to... (laughs) You didn't have to say it. Spell it it out. We got it. What they should have had Trent do is just like, I just want you to be happy. And then gently touch her face. Right. And then appear to have died. And then realize that his friends are in danger. And then muster up the rest of his strength and get out of the van and like over here. And like weakly get them to come to attack him instead. 
But instead, he squawks out uh, an 18-page manifesto <laughs> on how she needs to leave her, lead her life after he dies. <laughs> like, how long have they been together? A semester? One semester of college, I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. Calm it down. Yeah. Well, they're saying I love you to each other, so obviously it's like the third boyfriend or girlfriend they've ever had. And she brought him home to... Wait, was was Trent from the town too? I don't think so. No. All of them kind of seemed to know him. But yeah, they did, but it sure was tucked in, like you said, like... Yeah, he didn't seem like he was from around no. there, but Trish and... Like, but he had the same accent. He did. Yeah. Well, they never said what kind of school Kayla went to, so it was, maybe it was like a state school, maybe there's a lot of in-state people there, maybe oh, he's from a, a neighboring town called Nutley. That makes sense, like he's just like a town over. Yeah. Like they knew of him, but he went to a different high school. Yeah. I think we're giving these characters... <laughs> <laughs> so much more than they ever The movie invites you to do so. It actually they does. Do. It's a very open world for you to play in. It is should true. You, should you so choose. Love it. So now all the characters that we follow are on, are on foot, walking through the woods. And Nancy, struggling. Yeah. Yes. She is older. She yeah. is. So she's struggling. They've been through a lot today. They have. She's like, I can't make it, huh? Go on with that. Don't you talk like that. This is Ed, the ever-supportive husband. He's beautiful. Just... Every time he addresses her, he says, my love. Yeah. It's so sweet. It's it a very, is. It's very sweet. This is the only relationship that feels very lived in. <laughs> yes, that's. I mean, I genuinely thought they were legit married. So did I. And like, maybe they were just a little awkward because of the camera. But it was perfect. But then, like, Ben has a great character art because the zombie comes and almost, almost nabs Nancy. And he kills him. The zombie, not Nancy. Yeah. Yeah. Redeeming like, himself in yes. the eyes of Ed. Yeah. Because all Ed needs is something, you know, just respect my Nancy. Yeah. It's beautiful. But in the process, Ben gets bitten in the knee. And he says, you ruined my pants. <laughs> you see this? These are Jordashes. Originals. I got one pair. I ain't fancy like y'all with your two pairs of pants. <laughs> they call him Jimmy Two Pants. Look, he's not selling enough meat pies to afford multiple pairs of pants, all right? He's out here struggling. He's barely hanging on. He's making deals with some strange carny clown. <laughs> he so easily made that deal with that strange carny clown. He's not in a good place. No. <laughs> not emotionally. Oh, boy. So he... The, the interesting thing about Ben, though, is Ben doesn't waste any time. He doesn't pretend to walk at all. As soon as he gets bitten, he's basically like just slumps up on a tree and he's just like, Ed, just kill me, you know? And Same Ed, in glory. And Ed, being the wonderful, magnificent, beautiful human who we all love and he's the best in the world. Have I said that enough? I don't think so. I don't think so. It's great. Think so. Ed, wonderful. Ed gives Ben... The meat pie recipe. Yeah! He spells it all out, ingredient by ingredient. It's really... I, don't, I was like, wow, this is... I don't know. I felt a kind of way about it when I was watching it. Like, I was, I was, I was actually having a real genuine emotion. Like, this is really sweet and well done. Yes. Yeah. perfect. Really well done. Of the subplots, um, it was. It seemed like the most, like, Fleshed perfectly out. done. Yeah. yeah. Even the way he says it to him, just like... Very nonchalant. Like human. Yeah. Onion sauce and some name brand barbecue sauce. And then Ben's like, hey, that's, isn't that cheating? Yeah. 
perfect. <laughs> and uh, and then he tells him, you know, just send me on to glory. Yeah. <sighs> and it shoots him in the head. Yeah. R.I.P. The movie could have ended there, honestly. Yeah, that it, was it, was like, per- it was great. That was, that was like, what happens drama. to the rest of the characters? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> but then, tragedy after tragedy, we've lost Ben, and then Nancy and Ed are bitten. <sighs> oh, that was tough. That was that was tough. Both of them? Yep. Come on. Yep. They managed to kill all the zombies around, but, you know, our two favorite people are still, uh, they're still in danger. I know. But they, they hold out, the movie extends to you a tiny bit of hope, like, oh, they could get to the hangar and there could be a cure. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, because we haven't talked about uh, Dr. Fukushima this entire time. No, because she's having her own troubles. Right. So earlier in the beginning of the movie, uh, the German doctor went out to go to the fair to go get some meat pies. He stumbles back in. He's really sick. She's taken some samples and she we see some really gross CGI of uh, kudzu meat, penis-shaped Move. monster thing moving Moving-ish. around. Uh, the German doctor becomes a zombie, gets up and attacks her, but she fights him off and then runs outside. Uh, and there are more zombies there. I don't know how they got there. How did they get there? I'm, the only thing that I can think of is that they've been selling pies the day before, so it wasn't just that day that people have been infected, but, like, it it, it had happened over a a few days. Here I am making, why didn't they hire me to write this? Or the the German doctor stumbled in. Like, those people worked at the airstrip. The German doctor comes in, he's like, oh, I don't feel so good. Here, do you guys want these pies? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So by the time all of the characters get to the uh, airplane hangar where all the chemicals are, um, she has been hiding under like a parachute or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the grounds around the hangar are infested. With zombies. Swarmed. Swarming. Way more people at this weird chemical facility than at the carnival where we just were. I think they had maybe 12 extras for the carnival. Well, they needed to save their money for the big grand finale. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those CGI explosions. They ain't cheap. They <laughs> just look it. <laughs> Can we say something really quick about the CGI in this? Um, for the most part, it was pretty silly. Yes. Um, there were some not so bad moments, though. Whenever the cutsu was growing under the skin, you'd see sort of like a vine pattern. I thought that that I was actually that was like a really good. subtle green yeah. coloration yeah. in the veins. Yeah, I thought, I that, thought was that was good. pretty good. Yeah, that was good. Like you see them move in like an unnatural way under the skin. Just like that, that was yeah. good. That's convincing. Yeah. Like if they had millions of dollars, would it have looked better? Yes, but for what the budget that I'm sure they had, that that part looked great. But then, like, the explosions, um, some of the more graphic CGI violence, just, like, cheesy. Like, not so cheesy you couldn't watch it, but a bit cheesy. I mean, a bit like Birdemic, right? It, it was better It was better, better than the birds in Birdemic. It was better Birdemic. than Birdemic. But it wasn't that much better than the explosions in Birdemic. A bit better. 
Because those birds were exploding for no reason. <laughs> at, least, at, at least they were using actual fuel sources. Yeah, at least he yes. threw a propane tank, and then there was like there was a blast of of like a fifteen foot radius from a propane tank exploding. I think it would be much more substantial. <laughs> I think it would too. Look kind of dinky. But then when they get there, Ed and Nancy are still alive. But Nancy, she slips away, and. Lonnie, the robot, forces his tears, and it doesn't seem genuine at all. <sighs> but Ed doesn't even cry, and his sadness seems so real. Yeah. He's just sitting there, like, sad face, and it's that's all he needs to do. Yeah. Just, that's, that's acting. It is. It's perfect. Just, like, the proximity of him and his dead wife and, like, the look on his face feels so genuine. Yeah. It's like... He doesn't say it, but obviously he's saying, like, I can't leave her. Yeah. It's it's perfect. Meanwhile, Lonnie's droning on about something now there, about sadness and what a great woman she was or something. And I think it's a nice contrast. Yeah, it is. By nice, I mean terrible. Yeah, because it really shows you the difference in the ranges. Yeah. Like, what they're bringing to the table. But once that happens, Nancy's... Nancy slips away, and that's kind of the end of the emotional core. That's kind of when I checked out. I was like, "Well, I don't really care about what happens to anybody else here now. <laughs> this so, world, uh, this world ain't worth living in." <laughs> so, uh, movie time. Well, don't <laughs> worry, because they wrap it up real quick <laughs> after so. that. So Ed kills Nancy once she becomes zombified, putting her out of her misery. And the that's when we find the doctor has been hiding, mm-hmm. and she. One of the girl, one of the quote unquote lesbians. Has, <laughs> I just want to be clear that <laughs> they are not legitimate, and nobody uh, who wrote the movie has any lesbian friends. No, they probably saw way too many Cinemax After Dark specials because that's yes. what their acting and interactions were giving me. It was at that level. Well, this is what women do in prison from all the television <laughs> of that I've seen. Those are documentaries, right? <laughs> it wasn't even like Orange is the New Black kind of prison love. It was just porno prison. <laughs> it was erotic confessions. <laughs> it was orange. How could you make Orange is the New Black? title into a pun porn title because that's what he watched Ooh. all right know, you know what a hard one challenge accepted i'm 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 gonna i'm gonna think about this and get back to you all right be, be mulling this over orange is the new black how would you pornify it <laughs> um but one of the quote-unquote lesbians asked the surviving scientist like what can we do is there a cure she says no and she's like, this is just some bullshit. And you let you let all these zombies out here. Actually, we call them kudzu zombies. She's like, how unnecessary <laughs> is it for you to say that? We're all going to die. You really want to correct me right now, lady? I'm sorry, but regulations are regulations. That's the industry term. But she tells them, like, you got to get out of here. Warn everybody about the... Qua... Amoxicillin is what it's called. Quamoa? <laughs> Penicillin. Don't take it, folks. It's bad stuff. It'll make you a zombie. Quadoxin. Quadoxin. You gotta get out of here. Warn everybody about the quadoxin. Lonnie, because he's a robot, can fly a helicopter. 
here's the keys and we'll stay and I'll stay here and blow this place up. But but Ed volunteers to stay and blow the place up. He's got so nothing nobly, to live for. Not without his Nancy. Not without Nancy. Yeah. Not without his love. I mean, frankly, he's already been bitten. I mean, yeah. of all the, he seems like of everybody the most rationally minded person. Or he's like he he's been bitten. He knows what's gonna happen. That's and he can blow things up. He sure can. Yeah, he can put fire in your propane tanks like nobody else. <laughs> Where most people would die attempting that stunt. <laughs> oh, Ed, Not he Ed. keeps surviving. Not Ed. <laughs> that is one thing about zombie movies that I am tired of. Like, oh no, I got bitten. I definitely know what's going to happen, but I know I'll hide it from everyone. Yeah. Like, ugh. Can well, because the rules don't apply that? to me, Rachel. All right. <laughs> With this one, though, I liked it because everybody that got bitten and kept going, it was more like, well, you might make it to the place, and when we get there, there'll be an antidote. and Right. They didn't know. There might be a cure. There might be a change. So even with a sliver of hope, I'm gonna we're going to keep you around until we have to shoot you in the face. Right. But I understand that might happen. Yeah. I thought that was good. But did they address that there was no cure? Yes. Because they did ask the female... Uh, Dr. Fu- Fukushima. Yes. Dr. Dr. Fuji- Fujiyama. <laughs> Dr. Fukushima. Yeah. They did ask her, is there a cure? And she said no. So, at least she was honest. Like, nah, we're going to die and it's all our fault. Because anyway, she was also bitten. Yep, on the side. How, though? Well, she was outside for a while. We didn't really see what happened. There. We never true. saw her get bit. She just lifted up her shirt and there was a bite mark there. Right. I just don't understand why she didn't immediately go to the hangar door and shut it and lock it. I don't know. So much. Unless she ran inside and just hid, and I guess all the zombies that followed her in there just went back out. So much of these kind of movies is just me going like, just lock the damn door. (laughs) Just lock the door. Just lock it. It's one one piece of it that I really thought was going to pay off in some sort of way, that that, and it was going to give her character some agency. That she is sort of this sort of quiet, nerdy type who's a scientist. But then when all this stuff happens, all of a sudden she, it unleashes like this badass I mean, she did crowbar the German doctor right in the brain twice. Twice. Yeah. With amazing special effects, so, might I add. <laughs> so genuinely, I thought what she was going to do when she ran towards the door was run, shut it, lock it, and use her dead colleague's brain and the resources at her hand to, if not figure out a cure, be on the road to one and, like, give them the data to take. Right. But, right. no. And there could have been all kinds of ways to go with that. There could have been this whole, like, like um, in uh, The Girl with All the Gifts, uh, the um, Glenn Close sort of arc of the story where she's trying to find a cure and she's, like, she wants to find it at any cost. I mean, there could be a conflict with that. There's a lot of ways that it could have gone. And mm-hmm. it ended up not doing that. No. Um, they just let her continue to be weak and diminutive. <laughs> yep. Yep. Right up until the end where she takes the blame for all of it. Yeah, I mean, she did do that, but she wasn't... At no point did I think she was trying to be secretive and bad. No. no. So that doesn't make sense for she, her to take all the blame. She was telling Lonnie everything. Yeah, it would have been different if there had been some scene with her and the German scientist that, like, as soon as Lonnie walks away, they turn to each other and like... <laughs> the town won't know what hit it, you know? But, but they not, didn't. They weren't... They're yeah, just like, evil. let's go look at more samples. <laughs> yeah, she was really altruistic. She was like, once all this kudzu is uh, beaten back, then there are some native species that can start to thrive again. 
Yeah. Like the something oak, whatever that's... Uh, Southern live oak. Yes. And Lonnie's like, well, I don't know nothing about all that. Um, Anyways, y'all have a good wait. <laughs> this is not airplane or meat pie related, so I have no expertise here. <laughs> I've been programmed for specific functions. <laughs> Would you like a meat pie? <laughs> Engaging, smiling. <laughs> Speaking of our boy Lonnie, he... Uh, he engages in a little magic trick when he jumps into the <laughs> airplane. Uh, you see him with his helmet on. And then there's another shot from the outside where he does not have the helmet on and he closes the door. And I was like, oh boy, this is bad. This is real bad. So I, and then you see him back in the airplane. He does not have the helmet on. He's like, everybody, <laughs> stay five feet behind me. And so he uses the airplane propellers to chop up all of the zombies. Thankfully, then, they were all in a row. Yes. They were all in a very easy line for him to just drive straight down. Didn't he have to fly the plane? And let's not let's not forget, like, every time he hits a zombie, there mm. is a giant spray of computer-generated blood that flies over. Like, it's o- very misty. Very yes. misty. And it flies over all of his friends. Yeah. Who are behind the plane. All With the their mouths characters. open. <laughs> I'm just like, but, so is nobody worried? Can you not contract the virus that way? You have to be bitten, maybe. Saliva only. It could be. I mean, it's it's weird. Or the meat butt. Well, it's a way that zombie movies really have a lot of license, because you can write the world however you want to, and, like, the rules of becoming a zombie. Like, in 28 Days Later, I thought it was pretty inventive, because I'd never seen it before, but, um, uh, Jesus, I'm not remembering the actor's name, but what's-his-face get, like, a drop of blood? uh, The original? 28 Days Later, yeah. The main guy or in the The beginning? The dad. The older dad of the teenage girl. He's also in Harry Potter. Yeah, he's Ooh, Mad Dog. He's Mad-Eye Moody. Mad-Eye Moody. Yeah, I remember you talking about. Um, he, oh, he gets it in the eye from the from the crow. Yes. So it's like this way that you've never seen before of somebody yeah. contracting it, but he gets it in his eye, and within 15 seconds, he's like becoming a zombie. Well, well uh, how do you kill a vampire? How do you do it, Max Landis? Any way you want, because they're not real. <laughs> so I'm the same with zombies. What What is this? What are you, what are you referencing? <clears throat> the t- <laughs> little shout out to my man, Max Landis. He doesn't have enough uh, attention or money. Um, uh, for his video, The Death and Return of Superman. Available on YouTube with ads, unless you run ad blocker. Why are you talking like that? Remember, <laughs> yeah. Buy a dollar shave club. <laughs> uh, this is not sponsored, but hey, dollar shave club, we totally pimp your stuff. Totes. I use it on my taint. Well, we, you just lost us that. <laughs> Nothing can get through that. We need we need some quadoxin uh, for what's going on your butt. <laughs> Tonight's episode is brought to you by Quidoxin. Not quite as poisonous as you might think. <laughs> oh. So, okay, so... For dirty taints everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he's using the plane's propeller to chop up a bunch of zombies. And I thought it was kind of weird because I didn't know what the plan was. So, I thought he was going to take off in the plane and leave his friends behind. Well, they're... So did I. They, they all just got misted in the face. They're going to be zombified anyways. Might as well just fly off. 
Um, but really, he's just clearing a path to the helicopter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they can all so get in the helicopter and escape together. Um, and they do that. And while they do that, um, old Ed still, he hasn't turned quite yet. He takes yeah. out, sees a, sees a propane tank. He's, like, he's being attacked. As he's being attacked. Because he yeah. ran outside to distract the zombies mm-hmm. from his friends and his nephew. And as they're eating him, he takes a gun out and shoots a huge, is it an oxygen tank? Yeah, it's like a fueler. Like a, like a, like a 18 wheeler. Yeah. Uh, but he fuel. shoots a big tank twice. I don't know, Josh. Well, by a GTA logic, that would definitely work. Sure. Not the first shot, but that second one, boom. Well, that's, that's what happens. But it was more like, boom. Yeah. This, this computer generated explosion <laughs> was, um, it was kind of, it was like the big, it was sort of the big thing at the end. But it wasn't that big. It was kind of, yeah. it was a little dinky. And then the helicopter just hangs out above it. Yeah. It kind of goes to show that... As some, Josh, as someone who has been in a helicopter more on more than one occasion, um, it, how dumb is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, the helicopter, like, what's interesting is it made, it had no reaction to the fact that there was this giant fireball beneath it. I would yeah. think that, I would think that heat from it the fire... It didn't even rock a little bit. Yeah. Perfect steady. <laughs> that would move, that would change air pressure in some sort of way. Um, that was pretty weird. But what, it's, you know, it's, it sort of makes the point that if you're going to work on a lower budget, it's worth taking the time to do some good miniature work. Because shooting that as a miniature, where you do an explosion and put it in slow motion, um, that would be so much better than yeah. what this ended up They could have made it being. a lot bigger. Oh, oh, I, I almost forgot something. How about that weird slow-mo effect that they do in the movie? Well, you were going to bore us with why it was wrong, but go ahead, do it now. Well, when there's a few instances where Wait, they have one second, I'm gonna get a blank. Yeah, <laughs> there's a few instances where they have what's supposed to be slow motion, I think, but it becomes very choppy video, and it looks sort of like a '90s uh, Paul Abdul video or something. What are you saying about Paul Abdul? Or Amy Grant? It's it's like an Amy Grant video. That's fine. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But see, I think what happened is if if you're shooting a video and you're going to do slow motion, it's a good idea to shoot in a much higher frame rate. That way, when you apply the slow motion, you still have enough frames to fill up um, all the space in your timeline so the motion looks smooth. Because it seems like they didn't, and they probably shot it at 24 frames a second, and so that when they went to make it slow, it just sort of looked really choppy. Unless that's what they wanted, but it... It was... I remember when it happened, I was audibly... I was like, ah! Like that. Anyway. It's a Uh, bit jarring. So, wake up, Rachel. It's done. I feel like I just blacked out for a second. (laughs) (laughs) On the helicopter, this is what I wrote down. Kayla is the worst and underlined the word worst. Because her and uh, Lonnie... Lonbot2000. Started having like some... Let's get back together talk. And she clearly looks at the camera, laughs, laughs, and then tries to cover her mouth like she didn't. But she starts spouting the most utter garbage. She's like, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have left you. Maybe I should have taken you with me. I'm like, you are a college freshman. Shut up. He'll get over it. You'll both get over it. You'll both get over it. 
This closes out her arc, which is that she doesn't really know what she wants in life, so which she's just fine. waiting for a man to come along and tell her what she wants. It's exactly this whole thing has just been people bossing her around, and she's like, "Oh, thank God, someone's here to tell me what to do." Meanwhile, Lonnie has found purpose in being a zombie apocalypse uh, leader. Even though he wouldn't have really gotten that far without Ed, but now that Ed's... No. no. But, you know, he knows how to fly a plane. And a helicopter. And a helicopter. So those are, those are two very important skills in the zombie apocalypse. If that's you want true. to escape zombies, yeah. that's a good way to do it. He can't true. really shoot or come up with plans, but he's a good vehicle guy. But they, I think, but they made the vehicle guy the main dude. Yep. So, that's a that's a fresh take. That's a refreshing angle, right? <laughs> nope. Okay. <laughs> no. Well, but... the most refreshing thing is the song, Kudzu Zombie. Oh man. Well, really quick before we get to the absolute absolute end, what's funny about this exchange between Kayla and Lonnie is that let's Everything. think about their day, right? Mm-hmm. In this day, pretty much everybody they know in their town is dead. Like, all these people have died, and they they take this moment to sort of tack on this completely pointless romantic struggle between the two of them. Like, well, I guess we could go out. Yeah, that'll be great. You know, whatever. Right. And, it, and they're smiling at each other. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. No, it doesn't. When What would have made us a lot more sense is have them on the helicopter. They're all very clean. Yeah. I just wanted to point that out. They should be a lot dirtier in covered in blood, and then he's just... They're both quietly staring out the front window. And, like, the people in the back are staring out the back and, like, that thousand-yard stare. And then he could just say, like, I'm glad you're okay. That Yes, that would have been so much more. Less is more when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. Again. And then they could have, like, held hands or some shit. But you know what I did sort of kind of appreciate in a backwards way? That the other people who survived are the people who always die. So the two fake lesbians. Yep. They survive. Yep. The one black guy who usually should have died at the beginning of the movie, well, it, he also survived. I thought it was going to happen. because <laughs> So the, did I. At the beginning of the movie, he said something like, I'll go here and get it. Like, dude, no! don't leave. <laughs> yeah, he, he volunteers to go distract the zombies yes. while everybody else runs away. I was like, no, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Like, you volunteer. Somebody said zombie. Ed said zombie earlier in the movie. So yeah. they have zombies in this universe. So, yes. they, so they've seen the, the movies. So he knows who he is in this movie. And he yeah. still does it. Not only not only is he black, but he's the first person to volunteer to do someone. Yep. Like, dude, you're definitely going to die. Yep. And then when he didn't, I was like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wonder when he's going to die. Not now, but at some point. That Robbie, he's got moxie. And he but does it. He does it. He survives. Survives the whole thing. Yeah. There's like a bunch of survivors by the end. And yeah. Normally it's only the, you know, it's usually like a couple and maybe a kid. Yeah. Because they got to like maintain a family unit in some way. But Not this movie. Yeah. There were some shots in this movie where um, uh, Kids Trish, were Trisha, fire. she was, Trisha was just like open, <laughs> just letting go on a couple of kids. <laughs> <laughs> There's also scenes like of like dead, dead kids on yes. the ground with flames fake flames on yeah. them just yeah. like man that's got no shame yeah <laughs> then we watched the credits and i'm so glad we did for that awesome Me too. zombie kudzu zombie song and a ps thank you marvel for inspiring people to give us ps's <laughs> like the two biker zombies yes the biker zombies come back it's 
Absolutely glorious. It's a small little indie movie with no words. They're just two zombies who are like vaguely holding hands with each other. It's shot very romantically. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's perfect magic hour shot. Great angles. Yeah. Good color. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a thing with a flower. Yeah. The the guy's trying to pick up uh, like a like a sunflower, or like some yellow flower, and he can't do it because he has no more fine motor skills. So he just bends down and bites it. And, like, puts it up to her face and they just kind of, like, nuzzle because they can't kiss. It's all very... <laughs> it's perfect. Appropriately it's sweet. It's Yeah, it's, it's kind of nice. It's like, I was like, this movie knows what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it really reminded me of the part in Frankenstein where he finds, like, he finds, stumbles upon the little girl. Mm-hmm. And, like, everything about it is vaguely similar to this. Like, the lighting's really good. The shots are really good. He's trying to be nice to her. And he fails. But in this, like, they don't fail. And they're doing, like, they are being really nice to each other. Yeah. I loved it. And then we get some more uh, zombie kudzu There's, like, three zombie kudzu songs. (laughs) And there's some, like, original songs, or it seems like it, for the movie. Yeah. They they have to be. They're so specific. Maybe the movie is based on these songs. The songs mm. came first. <laughs> just randomly. Hey guys, I got this great new sound. Check it out. Kudzu's on me. Is this what your cousin, cousin Marvin's been looking for? <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's perfect. But we've come to that part of the podcast where we got to ask the question. Is this movie a cash grab? Now, a po- Cash grab. Is any piece of art, whether it is film painting, anything that has been done with no artistic merit and only to make money. So, is this a cash grab? Josh? Oh, we're going to start with me? Saving the best for first. (laughs) Where I go? I'm going to say, because this is a really tiny, independent movie, um, it seems like there was just the, the spirit of this sort of town coming together to tell this story, even though it was a little bit silly, it was a little bit hokey, the special effects were were not great. Um, I do not think it's a case great. <laughs> because um, I don't think it was made for money. I think somebody really just wanted to make a movie, and that's what they did. And um, even if they did do it for money, I think it's really impressive when a... Uh, uh, a small budget and a small group of people can come together and make something like this. So I want more of this to happen. Trey? Before I weigh in, um, I would like to uh, recite a quote from the director of the movie, Mark Newton. Uh-oh. This is from, this is a personal quote of his uh, from IMDb. <clears throat> There is a fine line between insanity and genius. I have crossed that line. To which side I now stand, only time will tell. (laughs) (laughs) Spoken like a true auteur. Love it. So this guy, Mark Newton, has directed like a couple of things, but I think primarily he's a uh, special effects supervisor. Mm Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps me sort of contextualize what his interest in this sort of film may be. I have to say that this is not a cash 
crab. This was made with all the the love in the world. There is not a single actor in this movie. It's all just townspeople. Yeah. There are so many people who uh, have just kind of like maybe one or two lines that have no acting experience whatsoever. And, you know, it's just like somebody who runs the Rite Aid or probably like the principal. They seem so <laughs> real. Yeah. yeah. There's so many shots of real people just walking around and like their their finest Walmart fair at a, at a local. I, something about it I just really, really liked. Um, they really highlighted the the town, like all the the, the people who, who live there. There's a, like a nice diversity of, of folks who populate this very small yet like really plucky town. Also, one of the last films that is over the credits is like a jazzy song that has kudzu in it, mm-hmm. and it's by oh geez, I forget the the person's name but it's also who the movie is dedicated to and he was like a jazz musician who was also from that town like this movie is very much about charleston mississippi and uh i think the the world's better for it well i think that we have finally reviewed our first three agreement this is not a cash grab there is no way that somebody sat down and wrote this silly movie and thought like, this is going to bring me the big bucks. No, I think, honestly, I can just see those three dudes walking through a cornfield, sharing a six pack going, man, you know, it would make a great movie. (laughs) And instead of just talking about it, they actually made it. And it seems like they had a lot of fun. Yeah. And I had a lot of fun watching it, even though it has some like wooden acting from time to time. I think for the most part, it is like Trey said, super real, real people, more Nancy and Ed, please. Like, <laughs> it was just so good. I loved it. And you know, what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say, y'all should go watch it. Go get this movie. Yes. Yeah. Totally but nice. be forewarned, according to the credits, they had this movie cursed by an actual New Orleans voodoo doctor so if you want to watch it down get it legally or you will be cursed you've been warned you've been warned that's what it's what it says in the credits yeah i really enjoyed watching this movie it was so much fun it's and i think it was even better watching it with the the two of you it's the kind of thing that you sit down and and watch with people and just kind of yes yeah yeah don't watch don't watch it alone it needs an audience Yeah. yeah Watch it with your friends. It, it demands an, an audience. And, you know, just, just sit ma- there. A mature audience. Yes. Remember the boobs and the cussing. One boob. The boob. One, one singular. Boob. <laughs> the singular boob. It's like the opposite of... Mission. What's that Mars movie with the three-boobed lady? Total Recall. Total Recall. <laughs> <laughs> three boobs too much? Two boobs still too much? Just take the one. Are you, are you positing a, the opposite of three boobs is one boob? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I guess so. Yeah. I'm right, trying to yeah, work yeah, with no, that no. logic and that. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. That tracks. Thank you. Yeah, well, that's cool. This was good. This was a this was a fun movie to watch. Very good. You guys, you did it. You done did it. <laughs> the movie definitely should have just been called Kudzu Zombies. I think that would have been, yeah, if I have any complaint, really, it's... It probably, I get why they didn't, though, because it was nationally released. It probably wouldn't have made a lot of sense to other people. Right. It's just not fried at all. 
No. Because the pies aren't even fried. They're not fried pies. They're just normal pies. Yeah. If they were fried pies, that would have made a lot more sense. If there was any fried food in it. I didn't see any. No, and it was a fair. Like, there was yeah. no like, there, fried I'm, Oreos. I, or... I was about to say, I'm sorry. You have come to a southern fair and there's no fried butter on a stick? Mm. Well, this has been Cash Grab Cinema. We're going to scuttle off to the fair and get some fried stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at Cash Grab Cinema. Facebook by the same name. I still haven't deleted it. I'm, uh, I'm a bit debating. And uh, we'll see you next time. Shop at Global Biotech. Bye, guys. <laughs>